Are you perhaps a college junior or senior with an interest in business and a non-business major? Or maybe you've graduated already and you feel like you need to boost your knowledge of business to propel your career and have a life of impact and consequence. Today's show is the director of Carnegie Mellon Tepper's brand new Masters of Management. Let's learn all about it because it might just be the program for you. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Welcome to the 553rd episode of Admission Straight Talk. Thanks for joining me. Before we dive into today's interview, I want to mention a resource accepted that can help you prepare your statement of purpose to a master's in management program or other graduate programs. Download five fatal flaws to avoid in your grad school statement of purpose to learn how to avoid the five most common mistakes that we see in grad school statements of purpose, as well as tips on how to write a statement of purpose that makes your story memorable and highlights your qualifications for your target program. Download this valuable free resource at exhibit.com slash 553 download. Again, exhibit.com slash 553 download. Our guest today is Dr. Kevin Dietrich, Director of the MS in Business Analytics and MS in Management Program at Carnegie Mellon University's Tepper School of Business. Dr. Dietrich attended Allegheny College as an undergrad and earned his master's in education and his PhD in higher education and higher education administration from the University of Pittsburgh. He's been working in higher ed for most of the last 12 years. He came to CMU Tepper in 2018 as Senior Associate Director of Student Services and became the Director of the MS in Business Analytics in August and the Director of the MS in Management last month. So congratulations. Those are fairly new positions. And Dr. Dietrich, welcome to Admission Straight Talk. Thank you, Linda. Thanks for the introduction. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Now let's start with a really basic question. What is the MS in Management at CMU Tepper and who is it for? That's a really excellent question, and I, I think a good place for us to start today. The new MS in management, right? We just launched it a couple of months ago. is is a a new venture that we have here at Tepper that falls into a, a, what I think is a suite of of master's degree programs uh, offered through through Tepper. It is a a one year business degree, and, and to the question of who is it for, it is for folks who are early on in their career. So we talk a lot about pre experience. That's not necessarily exclusive. It doesn't mean you have to have zero experience, but generally zero to two years of work experience is the type of student uh, that you'll find in this program starting very exciting, the fall of 2024. So what what that person looks like, and I know we're going to kind of dig into a little bit uh, of that today, but just to kind of give you a little bit of a sense of, of what we're anticipating and, and frankly, what we're searching for. I think this is a, a really neat opportunity for, for folks who maybe are, are looking for an early career pivot, right? And so I, I think that looks and, and manifests in a couple of different ways. It might be, you know, simply that what I studied in college, I don't actually want to do, right? Maybe I was a computer science major. Maybe I was an engineering major. And maybe I'm just looking for a little bit of a pivot, right? And, and sort of determining, you know what? I don't want to be a programmer. I don't, I don't want to work as, as a software engineer. That was and, an English major. Exactly right. You know, looking for those opportunities to either take your skill set and say, you know, I have these skills and I want to kind of pivot them into business. Or it could just be sort of a wholesale change, right? We're accepting 
applications from students from every undergraduate major and background. Um, if you're interested in the program, we absolutely want to talk to you. But you know, to your point, English or history, this is an excellent opportunity for folks who are, who are maybe looking for that new direction. And sort of the other pathway, again, very similar is maybe I worked for a year or two and you know, I'm, I'm not quite to that age, work experience, experience level where, I'm, where I can really quite start looking at a degree like an MBA. Uh, but I want, I want to do a little bit of an early career pivot. I want to collect some business skills. And so this is a, a really neat opportunity uh, for folks that fall into to a couple of different buckets that I just described there. But it doesn't sound like it would be appropriate for somebody who has an undergraduate business degree. Is that correct? So we're, we're, like I said before, we're accepting applications from, from just about anyone. If, if you're okay. interested in the program, absolutely come talk to us. And, and that would include business. Yeah. All right. Can you provide like a, an overview or tell us a little bit about how the program is structured and what people will actually study? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the first thing I'll say, and, and I try to be transparent with every candidate that we talk to is it's a, it's a busy program. It goes by in the blink of an eye. As we sit here today and in, in the middle of November, um, I have a, a group of uh, students in another program who just started a couple of months ago and, and uh, you know, they're well on their way to, to being halfway done with their program that is similar in that it's a one-year program. So Masters of Science and Management, it's a, it's a nine-month program. Um, students have coursework in fall and spring, and then they're out the door in May. What they're going to get here while they're on campus is, is obviously, that's, that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, they're going to get a couple of things, right? They're going to get some some foundation laying in in business areas, uh, introduction to business, introduction to business skills. All of that's going to be really core and, and important to uh, to them before they actually start and jump into the program. So we'll kind of go through what we call here is the base camp, right? That's that's the start of the journey uh, before you climb the mountain. They'll start here at base camp and go through things like that, do some leadership development. We'll go put them through some job search prep as well before we jump into the program. And then once we do, the curriculum and the topics that they're going to cover, and it's something that we're starting to talk to employers about as well in terms of the skill sets, they're, you know, they're going to, to go through, I think, what you would expect to see in a lot of business schools, but I think differentiated to the Tepper flavor, econ, finance, uh, accounting. Um, we, we take a sort of a very quantitative nature here. So ProbStats is going to be an important class for folks to, to come in and take early on in their time here. The first semester, and we break our semesters up into, into what we call minis here. First, first semester is going to be very, very required course heavy. Um, some of the courses I just stated, and then in addition to that, operations, marketing, uh, they'll take a communications course. And then once you get to the to the second half of, of that first semester, that's when actually students will have an opportunity to start diving into electives a little bit. And, and then onward into the second half of the program, the spring semester, much, much heavier opportunity for elective coursework. And so something that's a part of this program is the opportunity to specialize, right? And so we, we've introduced in year one uh, initially three, but we just added two, uh, in fact, pretty hot off the press, just added two new um, specializations. So students can come here and via their elective coursework, specialize in areas like finance, marketing, operations. And then the two newest ones we just added are uh, entrepreneurship and strategy as well. Got it. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, yeah, I remember three, but okay. So you're obviously, this is this is a very, sounds like it's a very dynamic situation for the program if it's developing that quickly. Yeah, and, and I think that this this sort of harkens to to something that you know we were we were maybe speaking to before the call started here, and and that is that in in particular with these one year programs, it's very important for us to to speak to sort of what we're hearing in, in the way of feedback and iterating the program uh, to to meet needs of of both students and and hiring market as well. Right. 
Now, both on the website, on the, you know, the Tepper website, and there was a fairly long Poets and Quants article about the MSM. There was a focus on management science, specifically management science, and how Carnegie Mellon really epitomizes that approach to management. How does management science differ from management, plain management? There are many yeah. masters in management programs. Yeah. MIMs. I Yours is an MSM. That's correct. Um, and, and I appreciate the question. You know, we, we talk about a, a couple of things here, I, I think, pretty regularly at, at Tepper. Uh, we talk a lot about the intelligent future. Uh, we talk a lot about our, our, our methodology of, of teaching business education. And so uh, I appreciate the intro making me sort of think back to my days when I started here a little over five years ago. And it, it sort of it, it struck me right away that there's there's a, a core to this place and, and the way we teach business education that has been in existence for as long as the school has been around back to its its days as the Graduate School of Industrial Administration. And that is using um, informed quantitative methods to uh, make business decisions, to drive business decisions. And so your, your question kind of harkens to, uh, to that core of who we are, right? It, it is a master's of science program because of the, the quantitative core that students are going to get while they're here. So a lot of the things that we mentioned here, there's, there's going to be necessary and I think very helpful uh, quantitative and mathematical components to, to the education in the classroom. And I think that's a big differentiator for us. Um, and, and of course, uh, as we mentioned, something we're very proud of. Um, right. So yeah, so, right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very good answer. How does the Tepper MSM differ from the Tepper's Master's in Business Analytics? Yeah. Um, hopefully the right person for that question, as you mentioned. Yeah, at, exactly. Start, I, I can't imagine <laughs> anybody being better, more qualified. I, I, I get the opportunity to oversee both programs. And, you know, frankly, the, the MS in, in Business Analytics is, is going to be so much more niche. Right. And so what yeah. we're asking those students to do um, in particular, once they go out, uh, you know, they leave us and they go out into the workforce. But even while they're here, I mean, it's going to be much heavier in programming, statistical methods and modeling, uh, machine learning courses. That program is, is really geared towards uh, preparing folks for a, a life immersed in data as a data scientist, analyst, uh, business intelligence analyst. Um, so th that's going to be a, a key distinction. I think what what differentiates candidates when we talk to them, is that they they have that keen interest in going straight into that that niche area. And the master's in management is a little bit more general, a yeah. little bit more flexible. Got That's it. correct. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. What jobs do you anticipate graduates of the MSM program will go into or will get? And you're talking to employers also, I know. Yeah, excellent question. And and so what we've tried to do is inform our, our processes here, right? And and I think you see that manifest in the curriculum. There's a little bit of you know, we're, we're going to see, but there's been a lot of data collected and, and a lot of what we're anticipating. Uh, so what we anticipate, and I think what we'll see is that uh, graduates of this program can slot into a variety of functions across a number of different industries. You know, we mentioned pre-experience, early career, and so they're going to slot into more more at the entry level of jobs, but that's okay. I mean, that's what the, the program is designed for. And I, I think in terms of just to kind of hit on a couple of areas uh, it, within that entry level, we're trying to speak to needs, uh, both internal and external and strengths, internal and external as well, right? So uh, just to give you an example, we, we kind of spoke through some of our specializations, areas like operations, management, marketing, those are areas where I anticipate that folks will, will find their way into. And then 
of course, the the opportunities are going to span across different industries, you know, healthcare and tech, consulting and, and the like. I think we'll, we'll hopefully, you know, a year from now when we get back together, we'll be immersed in our first class and talking about where they're going. Right. Analyst positions, I assume. Yes, you know, that's correct. Right. Right. Analyst. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now you touched on this a little bit, you know, earlier in the interview, but what kind of academic background are you looking for? Should they have, even if they're the, the, that history major, political science major, which was my major way back in the day, what kind of quantitative background should they acquire maybe even before they apply or certainly before they attend? Or will you admit people and then tell them, look, you're, you're admitted contingent upon you completing these courses or whatever they are. That's a, that's an excellent question. And I think I'll, I'll highlight, uh, as you mentioned, we, uh, something I said before, and that is that we're, we're looking for sort of a diversity within our student body. So we're, we're welcoming applications from a variety of backgrounds and hopeful that if candidates are interested, they'll come and talk to us. The other piece I'll mention is that students, while they, they, while they are here on campus, we'll get them what they need. Right. And so there's there's going to be a couple of components to supporting them academically, supporting them prior to their arrival. But, you know, what we're what we're looking for in the application, in addition to sort of the the variety of undergraduate majors, is we'll ask that students have taken one college level mathematics course. That could be a calc, that could be a stats, but one college level mathematics course. And and we will uh, look at uh, AP credit as well. Uh, So students maybe got AP calc credit. Right. We'll look at that as well as a part of the application. So we hope students will submit that too. And then uh, to to the latter part of your question, in in the in the interest of making sure that students again they're going to get what they need when they're here on campus, do a little bit of math prep prior to their their arrival, I- embedded during their orientation or perhaps just for just before uh, something that they can do kind of asynchronously at their self paced uh, type of model. So that's a little bit about what we're looking for in terms of academic background. Any any writing or communications uh, that you component that you'd like to see in terms of their academic preparation, or because you could yeah. get the computer science guy, you know, who's just been in that computer science lab too, right? So, anything on that end? Yeah, that's that's important as well. And and what I'll highlight, and I think this this goes back to the the quantitative piece is we're not looking for a, a finished product, right? We're, we're here to help you sort of polish and refine to, to land at a, at a finished product. So yeah, absolutely. We'll evaluate things. This kind of gets into the application and the application cycle a little bit, but um, there's an essay involved. There's a video essay involved. Um, and so certainly we'll be a, a evaluating those things like communication skills through the application and through the resume. We'll be looking at things like, what have you done in your college career? What sort of leadership skills might you have started to develop, right? Again, not looking for a finished product, but what have you done? Uh, because that is harder to to exhibit when you're an early career professional. You don't, you're yeah. not going to have management experience. So we're looking for those other avenues where candidates can show us, hey, I, I really do have this potential. And I, I had these really neat experiences as an undergraduate student, or perhaps in my first year on my job that I'm going to bring with me. I'm going to bring those learnings and, and continue to refine and polish here. And that kind of leads to my next question, which is about the experience that you're looking for. Now, it's a pre-experience. So when you talk about pre-experience, that really means pre-full-time experience. But do you want to see people that maybe work part-time or had internships or took leadership roles on campus, even if they weren't paid leadership roles? I mean, is that something that you'd like to see since yeah. it is a, a pre-experience program? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in story and, and journey, 
right? And if you've had these experiences that have led you to, to a pivot, or you've had these experiences that led you to feel you should go in this direction versus that one, which you originally thought was the way for you, I still think there's a there's just such a tremendous amount of value in those experiences and speaking to those experiences. So yes, absolutely. Internships, clubs and activities, leadership opportunities through those, all of those things are, are going to be things that I, I think bring a lot of value to the classroom experience here. And so I, I want to hear about them and I want to see them through the application process. They also demonstrate certain personal qualities that can be valuable in business and I assume as a member of the class, you know, whether it's initiative, creativity, managerial, organizational skills, teamwork, you know, all those things show up. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is pre-experience doesn't mean no experience. Exactly right. If pre-experience does not mean no experience, it, I don't I don't think we we often take the time to to sort of sit back and and think about how the 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 journey that we are on is, is bringing us experience. It's, it's taking us from point A to point B. And so I really want to emphasize that, uh, that part you just mentioned that pre-experience doesn't mean no experience, but let's highlight, let's highlight what you have there and let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. One of my first clients, I'll never forget this. And she was a lovely, lovely young woman. It's probably 25 years ago. She wanted to talk about traveling to a certain country. She was of that ethnicity. And uh, I said, oh, that's fascinating. When, when did you visit this country? She says, I never visited that country. I said, then how do you, and I, and I was just starting out. I was, I, was, I was really shocked. Unfortunately, I'm not so easily shocked anymore. She says, I've never visited that country. I said, then how do you want to write about visiting it? She says, oh, I know many people who visited it. And I said, do you have a background in creative writing? And she said, no. I said, well, neither do I. What have you done? And let's talk about that. And then I said, in, in the end, she had really some fascinating stories. Her essay is still on the site as a sample essay. Is that right? Yes. And um, she got into the school she wanted to, to go to. She got into her first choice school. But I mean, it was it was just bizarre. And again, she was otherwise a lovely, lovely young woman. She just didn't have confidence in herself and... When we, and she ended up writing an outstanding essay. You know, again, it's pre-experience does not mean no experience. And she had some fascinating experiences that spoke volumes about her personality and character. Yeah, I, I'll I'll bring a, a very brief personal anecdote into the conversation, and and, and perhaps this is right. I'm I'm showing why I I feel a particular way at, at the direction of the, these programs. I I grew up doing a, a ton of traveling in, in my childhood. I was in a in sort of a, a transitory family. We moved every three years. My father's from the U.S. My mother's from Central America. My my name uh, doesn't doesn't sort of lend to that that sort of thinking. But I grew up in a biracial household. And so much of my my formative experiences was spent in Central America and in Panama. And um, growing up in sort of regular, consistent cadence in in another country at times, that had a huge impact on me. That's not work experience. That's not internship experience, but of it's course. experience. It impacted who yeah. I am. And yeah. I think that's why I, I speak so um, so passionately to that direction. And that's that's not even the point I was making, but it's an outstanding point. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think it's a, it's a a great point. Let's turn to the application components. Sure. You touched on it a, a minute ago, and let's let's go a little bit deeper into them. So the the test requirement is the GRE, the GMAT, or the EA, the Executive Assessment. Do you have any preference? 
no preference. And I know we've been getting some some questions about the GMAT focus. That's also in play here. Uh, but no, we, we don't have a preference. Uh, I'll mention too, Linda, that we do offer a waiver uh, for candidates. So that's also an option. And in particular, that that type of student that generally, you know, might might be in conversation or in play for a waiver is going to be someone with a little bit more of, of that quant side of the background. So we're, we're looking at at the transcript, looking at the resume, and we're seeing, you know, what we, we feel comfortable sort of foregoing in the, the test and granting that waiver. If, if a candidate applies for a waiver, uh, but is not granted that waiver, it's not sort of an outright no. It's, it's let's have a conversation. Here's what we're seeing. We'd like you to take the test. We'll give you X, num- X amount of time uh, to go take that test and then come back to us and have a conversation with the results. Uh, so it's not an outright no. I want to make sure I state that as well. Okay, great. Thank you. Now, the essay question that you touched on a minute ago asks applicants to, quote, provide an example of when you experienced or created an inclusive environment and how you will use that experience to help members of the community reach their full potential, close quote. Could you provide some guidance on how to respond to that question or make the most of that question? Yeah, and there's there's a couple of components that I'll I'll use to contextualize as well. I, I think one is social impact is is very important to Tepper in in this day and age, and, and so that kind of gets to to the community portion. Um, the other is that within the the cohort of Masters of Science and Management students uh, that come to campus, th- this group of students will be spending a lot of time together. So community again, and another theme here is is going to be very important. So with with respect to that question, we want to know a candidate's viewpoint on community, on being a community member, on what that has meant for them, how it relates uh, to their impact on the communities that they've been a part of, um, and sort of what they're going to bring to to us here in terms of quality and and experience, again, uh, as a Tepper student. It it is almost more of of a personal statement than traditional statement of purpose. And then the two minute video that seems to be more akin to a traditional statement of purpose in terms of the content and the question, which is please describe your post MSM career goals and why have a video as opposed to a written essay for, for that one. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And I got to tell you, Linda, I'm a big fan of the video essays that we've incorporated here at Tepper. Okay. Um, there, and, and I'll, I'll kind of spin into some tips if you will. Oh, I'd love uh, it. <laughs> Sure. With re- with respect to the video essay, but that's an opportunity for us to evaluate candidates in sort of a, a, a finite period of time. I'm I'm trying to see and evaluate how they take a, a question, which you know they could spend five ten minutes on and condense it down, right? So we're kind of getting into, you know, eventually that will that will get them into preparing for their tell me about yourself and your elevator pitch. You have this story, you got to get it down to this amount of time. So I think that's that's one component that I like about it. It's also an opportunity for us to evaluate uh, communication skills outside of the writing space, the speaking space, which is very important, uh, that verbal communication. It's an opportunity for us to evaluate uh, a candidate's poise and, and gravitas and their ability to sort of how, how they're presenting themselves, right? It's, it's an opportunity. We tell a lot of candidates here, every interaction is you're presenting yourself to a company, to an alum, uh, to a recruiter. And so it's an opportunity to sort of see how candidates handle that opportunity with us. And I love having that opportunity to, to sort of hear from candidates as well, sort of that, that spoken verbal um, about what they're interested in. Why, why are they interested in us? You know, something I'd, I'd make sure to mention uh, in response here as well is it's easy to tell when folks are reading off the screen. It's easy, even easier, of course, to tell when maybe they have a piece of paper uh, to their side that they're reading sure. off of. That's really um, easy. And I would say that's both of those are, are no-no. So 
it's an opportunity for us to see how a candidate prepares, right? And there's a difference between preparing and then delivering um, without reading and then preparing and then just reading a statement. And I want to see how they prepare and then deliver that uh, prepared statement um, or, or structure that skeleton that outline that they put together. Okay, great. Thank you. That, that, yeah. that was very informative. Now, yeah. what can an interviewee expect if lucky enough to be asked to an interview and are all admitted students interviewed? Is that your intention? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, to the to the question. Um, at, at at any point, if a, if a candidate ends up on campus here, right, if they get admitted to the program, they, they'll have been interviewed. And so, what can they expect? So they'll they'll during an interview meet with myself or perhaps a member of our admissions team, and they'll go through a series of of questions uh, that are are geared towards informing us, um, informing the the application. So it's another input into the application file as well, and it's an opportunity for us just to kind of see you know, how they would be sort of in existence here as a Tepper Master's of Science and Management student. We'll go through a series of, of behavioral questions, no gotcha questions, but certainly designed to, to, you know, make sure folks are thinking on their toes and see how they think on their toes. I, I, I like to think of them as like, there's, there's, we're not yes or no questions. There's not right or wrong answers. It's not a test, but we want to see kind of how you're thinking and, and how you process and hear a little bit about your background and, and why you're interested in the program as well. So it's our face-to-face opportunity to kind of dive in and, and see if we're hearing a consistent story across the application, uh, across the video essay into this interview. And another, I, I think, really good opportunity for us to evaluate you know, how, how someone communicates, how they interact one-to-one, uh, of course, via Zoom, which is, you know, it has its differences, um, but I think it's still a good metric for us. Okay, great. Thank you. That was a great answer. Now, when this show airs, there will be three rounds available for this application cycle and the class entering in fall 2024. Round two has a January 21st deadline, and this show is supposed to air in, in mid-December, so it's kind of perfect for the, the next, next few rounds. So again, round two has a January 21 deadline, round three has a March 31st deadline, and round four has a May 19th deadline. Is an applicant at a disadvantage if they apply round three or four, or is it too soon for you to even tell that because it's a brand new program? Um, would somebody be better off waiting until next year? What do you think from the preliminary indications of interest? Yeah, there's always that balance, right? I, I always like to tell students just because you never know what could happen. Um, right. You know, the early the earlier you apply or the, at least the earlier that you're talking to us, um, the better you position yourself. But, you know, in a sense, the, the answer here is, is no. Um, and, and that is because we're going to be building, and, and I always I always talk about, I've talked a little bit about profile and I've talked a little bit about diversity within a class. We're going to be, we're going to be building a class for a year. Um, and we do that very intentionally, I'd say a year, I, I should say a cycle of four rounds, but we do that very intentionally, Linda. And I, I think that's because we have the community, we have the student experience, uh, so much in mind that it, it does take, you know, four rounds to really put a class together. So for, for those folks who are listening, who maybe, you know, you feel like you're late in the game, first off, absolutely not. You have plenty of time before that round two deadline. And if you're, if you're maybe a value, maybe, maybe you're catching this on the web uh, a little bit later, maybe it's February or March. Um, there's still absolutely plenty of time to, to have a conversation, put in an application, our website, I love this. Our website says you can put an application in. I think it says under 30 minutes or at around 30 minutes. And so let's, you know, if you're listening, let's have a conversation and uh, about your interests and, and your desires, your career goals and outcomes that you're looking for and we'll see see what the right direction is for you. Sounds like you really welcome calls with questions from potential applicants. 
Linda, I love talking to students. Um, I am on LinkedIn, or perspective, perspective students, I should say. I'm on LinkedIn, and I absolutely welcome these conversations. It's it's one of the you know very rewarding parts of my day. I've I've, I've talked a lot about journey and experience, and you know I want to hear I want to hear from people and and hear you know where they are, where they've been, and where they're looking to go. I think it's very important. The show is again supposed to air in December. I think it's December twelfth. That's a little. M- more than a month before the round two deadline. And again, it's it's a great time to work. It's enough time to put together a wonderful application. What would you advise anyone aiming to apply this cycle, whether it's a round two, three, four, whatever, aiming to apply this cycle to the master's, in the MSM, the Master's of Science and Management at Carnegie Mellon? Yeah, it, it, I, I'd advise maybe to go back to a couple of earlier portions of the of the program, re- rewind and re-listen a couple of okay. times. But you gave aside, wonderful advice. It's it's that that comment is very good. Aside from aside from the joke, though, um, I, I think there's a couple of things that I, I really kind of want to draw out from folks. Go for it. You know, come come talk to us about your story. Tell us your story through your application. That's that's really your opportunity to tell us who you are, why you're a good fit for this program, why you're a good candidate for MSM, and why you'll be successful here. Um, so tell us your story. So I, I think another another neat opportunity is to come visit campus. I'm trying to think of like timeline here and when this is airing. Um, but if you have the opportunity, come come visit Pittsburgh too. If you've not been to Tepper, we live in this this brand new, beautiful building. We've been here since I started, right at, at sort of the heart of of Carnegie Mellon's campus. It's it's this great central location. It's a hub of of activity and innovation. So it's really nice to get here and kind of see all of that going on. So come come to campus, sit in. I don't have any sort of current uh, MS in, in management classes currently ongoing, but come sit in on a class, see what it's like in the classroom. And start to see yourself here, right? I think that's a really important part of, of the journey to, to land at a place like Tepper as well as to, you know, make sure it's the right fit too. And what about those planning ahead to apply next fall or later? How can they prepare to apply successfully? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that I'd call out. I think one is is if, if let's say, for example, you're in college and listening to this, maybe you're a sophomore or junior, do look at that math course, right? Make sure you have that college level math course. And if you have the opportunity, maybe you've already taken it or maybe you took that AP Calc course, it wouldn't hurt to brush up. So look at sort of that academic preparation component, making sure that you're you're ready for kind of that, that quantitative component of the program. I think second is if you're if you're really thinking about this, you're starting to, to prepare yourself, uh, look ahead to your summer internship for that this upcoming summer and and find something that will will be of benefit to you right? Be a benefit to, to you, your experience, your application as well. And, and, and make sure you're using, using that summertime wisely. So look for an internship. And then, and then the, the last component I would say as well, I, I always, I'm a big believer in, in conversation. I'm a big believer. I, I think, you know, a lot of times nowadays you, you hear of a, a personal advisory board, whether you're that formal or whether you're a little bit more informal, start networking, start hearing people's journeys and their stories and asking, you know, how would you prepare? What would you do in this situation? And I, I know that's personally guided me a lot in, in my life and career. And I think that other people have so much wisdom to share and they're willing to share. So that's something else I would I would highly recommend. A couple of thoughts occurred as you were, as you were, as you were talking, because it was, again, a wonderful answer. For those people applying ahead, let's say, all right, I remember what the question was. Let's say you have a, a opportunity to do an internship. You're that you're that college junior now. Okay, you have an opportunity to, I don't know, intern 
at a consulting company domestically. So it's very business related, or you have an opportunity to do some, I can't give a, think of an example, some fantastic volunteer opportunity in Africa, you know, supplying fresh water or something like that to a, to a village in Africa. Now, one is very directly business related and one is not, but would be an incredible life experience. Mm -hmm. What would you advise that person to do? Yeah, that's a good question, Linda. Um, I just and, thought and of I, it. <laughs> I, I like how you're uh, thinking on your toes here. Um, <laughs> you know, what I would say is, is there's, there's frankly not going to be a right or wrong. I think what's most important in this situation is that a candidate be able to justify, I did this because of this reason, and here's why it was important or why it is important to me. So more so than, you know, right or wrong, this is the answer to the test uh, for you to get into to Tepper's new new uh, Master's of Science and Management program. I think I think you have to make it relevant, right? You have to be able to tell that story and and make sure it's relevant. I, I think there's there's a ton of value to um, right, we've talked a little bit about social impact and, and the sustainability component. I think there's a, a tremendous amount of value. Likewise, there's a lot of a lot of very practical value in, in going out and getting some consulting work experience. As I think about the journey that students will be on here, they'll they'll, they'll fairly quickly come into the program and have to sort of identify what type of uh, specialization they'd like to jump in. So that's where something like, hey, I have experience in X, I can I can say checkbox, yes, I want to go in that direction, or um, you know, maybe maybe I had a finance internship, but I want to go in the marketing direction or, or, or vice versa. So there's there's sort of that very practical component to the latter. But I think I think more so than than yes, no, you know, this one versus that. I think being able to justify and, and tell your story. Great answer. Thank you. And the other question I had, one thing we, we haven't discussed too much, a little bit in terms of the, the video is the importance of, of direction and goal. You know, we talked about a pivot. Okay, somebody doesn't like what they're doing. How important is, is clarity in terms of, of the future? And again, I don't mean that somebody needs to know the title they're going to have or the address, that, you, know, the, you know, the suite number. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a sense of direction, career direction. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you hit it right on the head, right? Um, it's, it's I mean, about, is that important to you? Yeah, it, I, I think that it, the... Part that is is most important for me there is is I, I want to kind of reemphasize that folks when they get here should not have should not be a finished product necessarily right we're not we're not looking for them to be the best communicator and have the content knowledge of all of our classes that we have on the website right they're gonna they're gonna develop while they're here so to uh, in, in, with with that sort of way of thinking in mind I would say a similar answer here direction yes finished product? No, right? You should have some idea. You should be starting to, to go in a particular direction. Doesn't mean you can't pivot. And it certainly doesn't mean, right, we're, we're going to be here counseling them throughout the process. It's going to be a very important part of our of the experience here. And that is career journey, career discovery. So some idea, you know, looking for that direction. Absolutely. Yes. Does it need to be, as you said, right? I know I'm going to be in the corner office on the 37th floor of this building and you're right? not necessarily. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you. And, yeah. and um, let's say I go to the MSM again, looking forward more now. I go to the MSM. I work for three or four years or whatever. And then I decide I want to go back for an MBA. Mm -hmm. Will I have to take the full two-year MBA program? No, 
You won't. Um, so this this pairs very nicely with uh, an MBA offering that we have here at Tepper that is an accelerated MBA. So a lot of the core that students will take here during a, a MSM that we spoke to earlier in the in this conversation, they'll have that core. They're not going to need to repeat it. So if you, if you're someone who's thinking about you know maybe an MBA down the line, this is actually a really nice pairing so that you don't have to come back and do a, a full on two year MBA. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. What question would you have liked me to ask you? I had mentioned, or I, I had made a note to um, to highlight a, a couple of of our additional uh, specializations. Please go um, ahead. I've already I've already done that, um, but just to just to make sure I, I reemphasize that we've we've added strategy and entrepreneurship in addition to our uh, finance, marketing, and, and operations specializations. So these are going to be really key areas where students can uh, start to. Uh, differentiate themselves and also build those skill sets. So I, I want to say that that's that's a really really neat feature of the program that that I would highlight. I think that's about it, Linda. I mean, I right. really appreciated the conversation. Anything Thank else you. that I didn't talk about? Well, yeah, I was just thinking. There's one thing and that is ex experience. Is there an experiential component to the program? Uh, so that's a good question. So because we, you know, this is this is in mind with returning back for an MBA. Uh, down the road someday, which will will consist of an experiential component. This MSM does not have sort of a while you're in the program experiential component. Okay. Sort of the way we're thinking about it is students come to get an MSM, complete the program, get their experience, right, their work experience, and then uh, a few years down the line, then they can come back for for that MBA. So that middle portion is sort of how I've couched the the experience in in my mind. But no, there's there's no experiential component to the program. And getting back to the the specializations that you touched on a minute ago, about how many classes does one take if you're focusing on one of those areas? And does everybody have to concentrate? Uh, so yes, everyone will will complete a specialization while they're okay. here on campus. So the specialization will consist of five classes within a given specialization area. We've identified certain courses that are are required uh, as a part of the specialization, and that's three per specialization. So if you want to get a uh, specialization in finance, you would take three courses that we've identified as you need to take these, and then you have two elective options. Then outside of that, you'll also have additional elective space as well. So it's a it's a condensed, it's a, a fast-paced one-year program, but you also you know have ample opportunity to make sure that you're taking courses that help differentiate your resume and also help you with developing your skills to help you know make sure you're doing a great job uh, once you leave here at Tep Tepper. Great. All right. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed learning about Carnegie Mellon's new, brand new Masters of Science and Management. Listener, you'll find links in the show notes at exhibit.com slash 553 to Carnegie Mellon University Tepper School's MSM program, as well as links to our podcast on Samuel Tepper's MSBA program, which we touched on a little bit earlier. I also want to encourage you to download Five Fatal Flaws to Avoid in Your Grad School Statement of Purpose. You can find it at accepted.com slash 553 download or by going to the show notes at accepted.com slash 553 and clicking on the link. You will also find there other relevant resources and links. Listener, thank you too for tuning in to this, our 553rd episode. If you find the show helpful, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcatcher you prefer. You can find subscribe links at, you guessed it, accepted.com slash 553. This is Admission Straight Talk produced by Accepted, and I'm your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week. 